Will, welcome to the Bitcoin Source. Can we start things off by you introducing yourself to the audience? Hi, my name is Will Shelkoff, author of The Bitcoin Dog, Following the Scent to the Bitcoin C++ Source Code, host of the Bitcoin podcast, It's So Early. Um, I'm published in print at Bitcoin Magazine and published online at Satoshi's Journal. Um, and you can follow me at Real Bitcoin Dog on Twitter. Perfect, perfect. Thank you for that introduction. So, Will, the first question I usually ask people on the show, and I'm going to ask you now, is where did you source your Bitcoin knowledge from, whether it be books, courses, or even people in the ecosystem that kind of helped you to be a better Bitcoiner and break down your Bitcoin story? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, I love the way you frame it, my Bitcoin story. Uh, of course, um, that inspired me to publish my article of my Bitcoin story on Satoshi's Journal. It's my first time ever actually laying out uh, how I came to Bitcoin. Uh, and it really gave me a chance to reflect and think d deeply on, uh, you know, what was what was my journey in particular? <clears throat> uh, thinking back, uh, my very first source was financial news. Uh, so just objective financial news in particular, last year, uh, in early 2021, when or actually late 2020, even, um, when Bitcoin broke above $20,000 for the first time ever, all time high, um, that really caught my eye. And then a couple months later, seeing the financial headline that Tesla had bought $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin, that was really the first time it made me stop to think, you know, could, could, could I be wrong about Bitcoin? You know, as, as an investor, you know, there's so many things I try to be write about and uh, it's hard to be humbling, you know, to humble yourself to think, wow, you know, at this point, everyone's heard about Bitcoin, kind of made a judgment call on it. But for me to think, you know, could, could I be wrong about Bitcoin? That was a really humbling experience. Um, so then I dug deeper as an investor looking at investment studies from financial institutions I trusted. In particular, Fidelity uh, published a Bitcoin investment thesis uh, Kathy Woods Arc um, pro pro published her uh, big ideas of 2021, which included Bitcoin and uh, Grayscale, who offers the GBTC product, um, published a Bitcoin 2019 investor study. That was actually so interesting to me that ultimately in my book, The Bitcoin Dog, and my dedication, I dedicated my book to uh, the 89% listed in Grayscale's investor study who said they would have invested in Bitcoin if, if they just knew a little more. So, you know, I found that uh, just absolutely fascinating. Um, then, of course, the um, software engineer in me, Don't Trust Verify, that was, I like to start with primary sources. So I went straight to the Bitcoin white paper. And even as a software engineer, it was pretty tough for me to understand it. I think that's a common experience for most people, but um, I did go straight to the white paper right away. I mean, that's the thing. There's a lot of myths or misconceptions about Bitcoin out there. So for me, you know, so grateful is just so accessible that PDF to see, you know, from the source um, from Satoshi Nakamoto, what is Bitcoin supposed to be? And then I pressed further uh, again in that theme of looking at hard news, uh, I listen to Bitcoin news podcasts in particular. Uh, Coindesk has a podcast called The Breakdown with NLW, and he talks about Bitcoin. He frames it like it's about Bitcoin macro and the power shifts reshaping our world. So really thinking of Bitcoin as a bigger idea um, in the world overall and just where Bitcoin news breaks on a global level. Um, then, of course, 
I uh, had to read a book to explain Bitcoin. So going to a Bitcoin book, of course, what was the book? The Bitcoin Standard. Um, I still you know, recommend that book greatly to everyone. Um, and then Dadu, I think it's interesting that you mentioned uh, coursework, you know, if there was any coursework I took. And um, in a sense, there was. Uh, I, you know, my, my one friend, of course, had uh, recommended Bitcoin to me early on and I brushed him off. But then later at this point, after going a little deeper down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, I now had multiple friends invested in Bitcoin. They encouraged me to self-custody in a hardware wallet. They had a ledger, so they recommended ledger. And I was very nervous, you know, very afraid. I don't want to lose my Bitcoin. So uh, Ledger on their website, they have what's called a Ledger Academy with courses on to learn all about blockchain, uh, crypto, uh, but in particular, Bitcoin. And uh, there I learned all about what a seed phrase is, you know, a 24 word seed phrase, how to take self-custody of your Bitcoin. And uh, ironically, it was all of Ledger's courses about the other cryptos and how to stake your crypto to generate yield that ultimately turned me off from all of the other altcoins. Those all screamed like a scam to me for sure. And I could tell Bitcoin was different. So, um, you know, still grateful to, I'm still grateful for Ledger uh, for their coursework to ironically actually steer me away from the altcoins and keep me focused on Bitcoin. Um, that led me to not just the Bitcoin standard, but then more technical Bitcoin books, uh, Andreas Antonopoulos. Um, I read his book, Mastering Bitcoin, um, which was great for me as a software engineer to learn, uh, you know, fundamentally, how does Bitcoin work? I was turned on to Andreas's videos in particular. He has an amazing one called um, uh, Rules Without Rulers, uh, which was just such a fascinating concept to me, how you can have rules, but they're not enforced by any rulers and how that works in Bitcoin. Um, but still, I had yet to make purchase on my first amount to Bitcoin. And that's where I think of my final source. What was the final trigger for me to uh, finally purchase my first sliver of Bitcoin? And that was a Bitcoin cultural article. Uh, it was published in Citadel 21 by Croesus. And it was called Why the Yuppie Elite Dismiss Bitcoin. And it was deriding them, the Yuppie Elite, because... They are very proud of their outside of the box thinking, which ironically just means thinking inside the box. And, uh, you know, they've done well as investors. You know, they've, they've followed the heuristics. They stay away from the red flags. Um, but that's the thing. If they go past the red flags of Bitcoin to learn more, they can really see how uh, Bitcoin actually is different. And, uh, and so after all of my research, you know, that cultural piece uh, finally made me okay. I'm ready. I'm ready to buy Bitcoin. And so I purchased my first sliver of Bitcoin in April 2021 at $62,000, which is the most I've ever paid for Bitcoin. And I've just been buying the dip ever since. So proud class of 2021. Um, it'll be a long time maybe before uh, I've, uh, Bitcoin's back up above that price again. But my convi conviction is uh, higher than ever. And um, yeah, so I was just grateful to really reflect on how I came to Bitcoin. The greatest takeaway is, uh, as you heard that story, Dadu, um, not, month, not once did I mention Twitter. So for as active as you are on Bitcoin Twitter or I am on Bitcoin Twitter, if I really wanted to think about where I could make the greatest impact of turning no coiners into Bitcoiners, having that perspective, it wasn't Twitter. That was, that was not the source. So I'm very grateful for Twitter, um, making that community, expanding that 
body of knowledge, you know, making those networking and those connections. But it's ultimately the Bitcoin education work, um, the, the financial news reporting, you know, the kind of stuff produced by Satoshi's journal that I think is what helps bring uh, no coiners into Bitcoiners. Absolutely. And that was a great take on how you kind of approach Bitcoin, your story, all the you know wide ranges of information, books, courses, and even for courses, a lot of people don't mention courses. Like for example, for myself, um, Michael Saylor has Saylor.org, which is a free educational site, which he promotes. And he has a course called Bitcoin for Everybody. And I think a lot of people could utilize that course, especially if they're now coming into the space or they're uh, new to Bitcoin, that'll be something that'd be helpful. And thank you, Will, for, you know, kind of bringing to light Ledger's educational courses, because I'm going to check that out now. I never heard of it. So thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, I I just forgot, I, you know, thinking about coursework, I took like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, and uh, it's easy to mistake coursework for just a series of articles, but it, it's not necessarily just a series of articles. These are you know, building blocks, uh, one, you know, 101, you know, this concept leads to this concept leads to this, you know, read on, you know, the next uh, article. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm grateful for uh, the hardware wallets themselves for generating coursework. And um, yeah, it's uh, grateful for Sailor's coursework. I think for Sailor also, I think he was generating courses long before Bitcoin. So he has a history of seeing value in generating coursework to um, educate others. There's something about a course that actually gives a feeling of accomplishment once it's reached uh, past the end. Um, and the structure, I think, can really help someone with being started. 100%. I agree with that. And Will, I want to get into your book, The Bitcoin Dog. But before doing that, I actually found something out very insightful about you, which is you kind of run your own nodes and you really kind of build on, you know, the Lightning Network as an engineer and doing things with privacy and keeping your Bitcoin, you know, off of the KYC type of model where your transactions can be kind of approved and verified on your own. Because as we know, as Bitcoiners, you know, we don't trust, we always verify. So uh, my next question is, what is a Bitcoin? node and what is the difference between a node and mining bitcoin uh great question i get that question a lot from my family and friends because i'm so proud to show off to them my bitcoin node and their their first question is oh so does this make you money and i say no it does not make me money it does not make me any money and then they follow up with well so why do it why run a node if it doesn't uh, make you money but this is what it means to be uh, a global uh, citizen in the Bitcoin peer-to-peer -peer network. You know, for for the network to be decentralized means that um, all of us Bitcoiners ultimately run our own nodes. So um, Bitcoin miners, of course, run nodes because they want to broadcast their blocks to be appended in the blockchain. All the exchanges that do KYC, they all run their own uh, Bitcoin nodes because that's how they um, pass Bitcoin, you know, on to their customers and between their customers. But it's you and me, Dadu, if I have a Bitcoin node and you have a Bitcoin node and I want to send you Bitcoin, you and I can do it directly with our Bitcoin nodes. We don't need to use uh, Strike or Cash App. We don't need to use Coinbase. Uh, more than that, um, if you have a hardware wallet, um, like a cold card, for example, or something, um, or a ledger or a treasure, you don't need to use the Ledger Live software to send me Bitcoin or the Trezor Suite software to send me Bitcoin. Um, you can use your Bitcoin Core node, your Bitcoin Core wallet. You can upload 
you can sign transactions in an air-gapped way uh, and broadcast them directly from your node. So that way, um, uh, nobody necessarily knows um, where the tr transaction came from, where it was broadcast from, um, who's keeping track of it. You're you're totally independent. Um, so while Ledger was uh, my first hardware wallet, I did see a study that said uh, Ledger's pitch to investors to invest in the Ledger company is they keep track of every single XPUB from every single Ledger hardware wallet to show off how many uh, millions of Bitcoin are being stored on people's ledgers. Granted, your your Bitcoin is still cryptographically secure. Your seed phrase is still um, you know secure on the chip. You know I don't believe Ledger has a backdoor or anything like that. But um, having your own Bitcoin node uh, helps keep your uh, uh, so self sovereignty, so you're not another company's uh, statistic. And speaking of that, Will, I actually saw because you know we see all this craziness now going on with Casa and some of these other multi sig self custody companies. And uh, someone from Ledger kind of chimed in on Twitter and talked about, you know, is there a backdoor? Why are you not, you know, showing this or showing that? And he actually put an article on Twitter talking about exactly what you were saying, where you can, uh, you know, transact with your own node through Ledger or through Treasure or whatever, you know, hardware wallet company you want to use. And then you can kind of circumvent having to use their node to kind of verify your transactions, which kind of opens the door for nefarious actors to, I mean, it still would be difficult, but I guess if they really did their homework, they probably could try to find and connect I mean, your public you know. key to whatever node that you're running. And I think that uh, running your own node kind of avoids all that nonsense by just doing it yourself and not relying on a third party to run that node and verify those transactions. So what you said made perfect sense there. Yeah, Dada, and I'll tell you something that I haven't said uh, publicly yet. Um, uh, like any good uh, Bitcoiner, I've been uh, keeping my own uh, pen and paper ledger of all of my Bitcoin transactions, all of my UTXOs, everything I've spent and unspent. Uh, I'm very grateful for Ledger. You know, they they're available at Best Buy. I mean, any any person can just get started quickly. They're they're plenty plentifully available. You know, like I said, their marketing is really high and they have the Ledger Academy and stuff. Um, but, um, you know, ultimately, I would, I would prefer a Bitcoin only company to um, a company that supports other cryptocurrencies. You mentioned Casa before, but my Ledger Live software uh, a few weeks ago, all of a sudden showed as if my Bitcoin balance was less than mm -hmm. it should be, which was shocking to me. So, you know, thank goodness I had my Bitcoin node, my actual node to query uh, one of my Bitcoin addresses to see, well, what is the UTXO for my Bitcoin address? Um, and sure enough, for some reason, uh, for my seed phrase on my ledger and my ledger live, it was for these two Bitcoin addresses, it wasn't showing the UTXO balance. So it was as if like once I had sent all my funds, it was as if I had zero balance, even though two more Bitcoin addresses, uh, we're really getting low level here, but it was as if two UTXO addresses of my seed phrase uh, had no more Bitcoin on them, but I loaded that seed phrase into a cold card wallet and uh, connected that to uh, Sparrow, um, which is an you know another wallet software. Uh, and sure enough, you know using Sparrow wall, don't trust verify using my Sparrow wallet. There's two UTXO um, addresses that have unspent Bitcoin, and uh, I was able to do a you know partially signed Bitcoin transaction to then uh, move those Bitcoin somewhere else. But yeah, it was just fascinating. I had never seen a critical error like that before, where 
uh, oh my gosh, my Ledger Live software was telling me that uh, there was no more Bitcoin associated with this seed phrase uh, when actually there was. And I'm grateful to have my own Bitcoin node to verify for myself, you know, what was on the blockchain. You know, for the audience out there, that might have been like a super technical <laughs> answer. I understood everything Will was saying, but if you're a newbie, that was kind of like maybe over your head. But yeah. um, as time goes on, you gain experience to understand what Will was talking about. But uh, Will, what I really want to get into now is your book, because I know you wrote your own Bitcoin book. And what inspired you to write your book, The Bitcoin Dog? It, is, it, just, it just fell down before. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, getting so getting into my uh, Bitcoin story again, um, I, I was hooked. I uh, couldn't stop reading about Bitcoin. I was just uh, reading absolutely everything I could find about Bitcoin. Uh, and ultimately, my loving and supporting wife, uh, I was driving her crazy, just constantly talking about uh, Bitcoin all the time. And I was out of things to read. And, you know, what else is there to read about Bitcoin? And then I remembered, oh, well, you know, Bitcoin's supposed to be open source. You know, let me just see if I can go to the Bitcoin core GitHub and read the Bitcoin code for myself. Like, let me read in the code for myself where it's there's a variable that says, oh, it's defined to a 21 million limit. And then I was shocked to look in the code and see that's actually not written anywhere. There's there's nowhere in the code that says the limit is 21 million. Change this variable. It's, it's actually a, a mathematical formula that ultimately evaluates to a value of 21 million. And that was so cool and so exciting to me. And I went back to those original Bitcoin friends because I wanted to show them the C++ code. Uh, but then I found um, it was too premature. I couldn't just go straight to my Bitcoiner friends to show them the C++ code because they still needed to know um, how the Bitcoin game theory mining algorithm worked in the first place. You know, they know mining exists, but they didn't know exactly how it worked. So they needed to know a little more about how miners include transactions in blocks and how the halving mechanism takes place. And then maybe there'd be a chance they could, you know, listen to me and try to see how the C++ code works. So uh, for an inspiration to try to inspire my friends um, to share my excitement of hearing about the code and to spare my wife from just hearing me go on and on about how amazing Bitcoin is, you know, like any respectable husband, I channeled all of that energy into writing my own um, Bitcoin book. And, uh, you know, of course, I'll write it about uh, my Australian cattle dog, Sheila, running around the Australian outback, talking to all these other uh, Aussie animals uh, to learn about Bitcoin. I know how it is. A lot of times you just, you know, you start talking about Bitcoin and then you fall down the rabbit hole. And the next thing you know, like you want everybody to know and understand where what Bitcoin is and why it's important. Even talking to you right now, I accidentally start getting into UTXO management. It's like, oh, oh gosh, what, what am I doing? I gotta, I gotta catch myself. But yeah, that's that's for the uh, the big, the true Bitcoiners out there to know. Uh, don't don't trust verify. I mean, all all the way down. Yep. And uh, we'll you know we'll we'll kind of get back into like Bitcoin node conversations, and this might be for more experienced people, but it's kind of a question I have you know for you personally, and you know while running a node. There's different types of nodes out there, right? There's Bitcoin nodes, there's Lightning nodes. And the question that I really wanted to know was, you know, the difference between the two, which is, are you running a full node or are you running a light node? Um, yeah, that's a great question, Dadu. So um, I am running a Bitcoin full node. Um, and as far as I can tell, um, there's three different names for a Bitcoin node. And all of these are separate from a Lightning network node. So for a Bitcoin node, 
A Bitcoin full node means that you have either a solid state drive or um, a hard disk drive, you know, in your laptop or attached to your Raspberry Pi, or you purchase from a company that uh, sells nodes. Um, there's some great companies out there that sell Bitcoin nodes already done. Um, but the intent is you're storing a full copy of the blockchain. So on average, every Bitcoin block is about one megabyte. Um, on average, uh, every block is produced or one block is produced every 10 minutes. Uh, and this all started on January 3rd, 2009. Um, I think the current size of the Bitcoin blockchain is getting close to a size of uh, 500 gigabytes. Um, and you are storing every single Bitcoin block. So if you, if someone wanted to send you Bitcoin, so Dadu, if you wanted to send me Bitcoin, um, I could verify that the Bitcoin you have is yours because I can reference that UTXO unspent transaction to what previous block it came from and which block that one previously came from and keep going back and back all the way until the very beginning, all the way until um, the uh, Satoshi mined the Genesis block from the beginning. And that's a really powerful thing um, because when you send me Bitcoin, I wanna be sure that you're not double spending, which is a concept of um, you sending me Bitcoin that you actually already sent to someone else. Um, so uh, there is something called a pruned node. So this would be maybe the second category from a full node. There's uh, quite a few addresses on the Bitcoin blockchain that are no that uh, have no more Bitcoin in them. So uh, maybe at some point they had Bitcoin, but now they don't have any Bitcoin anymore. And so because they don't have any Bitcoin anymore, we don't need to worry that they're going to go double spend, that they're going to go spend Bitcoin they, they don't have because their balance is zero. So a pruned node means um, you go out a way to save disk space and just um, get rid of all of those addresses. If one day later those addresses suddenly have some Bitcoin, they'll come back on. It's kind of like a, a halfway measure to try to have a full node. Um, but of course, I would recommend just having a full Bitcoin node if you, if you can. If you're going to go through the hassle of having a Bitcoin node, have a full one. Uh, the final one is called a, a light node. Um, which I think is, you know, what you're referring to. A light node is really just a, a Bitcoin wallet. So um, you have an ability to create Bitcoin transactions, um, broadcast transactions, um, receive transactions from others, but you're trusting someone else's Bitcoin node. You ultimately need a Bitcoin full node to connect to, to send your transaction or re receive transactions. So it's still great because you're running it yourself. You know, it's not necessarily software you downloaded or it's it's not um it's not a proprietary software from someone else like Ledger Live or Trezor Suite. It is your Bitcoin Light node, but you're still ultimately trusting someone else's Bitcoin node to connect to. One of the biggest things that people face, especially in society, when it comes to finances or even just securing your wealth or store of value, is convenience, right? And I think that you know running a node, it's like inconvenient for some people, but if you're really technical or you really believe in the protocol, you will understand that this is a part of the decentralization process and this is what keeps the network kind of free from you know, nefarious actors or people doing things wonky with the protocol or with your money. So I think that um, you know, breaking down the different types of nodes will be beneficial to some people in the industry that might look at this interview and say like, hey, like, what is a node and what is this conversation between a light node and a full node? And I agree with you, Will, where like, I think the new nodes out there now have like one terabyte or two terabytes of disk space. So there's plenty of space for you to kind of download the full 
blockchain network and so you can see every transaction if you choose to and i just think that it's really helpful for bitcoiners to um, run a node so that you can really be your own bank and secure and verify your own transactions where you don't have like to second guess if things are legitimate or not yeah i'll say um uh two things in particular uh first of all this is the uh bitcoin innov innovation to become a sovereign individual it's not Wells Fargo or JP Morgan. You're not logging in with a username and password um, and then logging into some other service to see your balance. And uh, I'm sure people have had the experience before where they go to check their checking account and the balance isn't what they expect it to be. And like, oh gosh, what, what happened here? Where's this customer service number to call? When you run your own Bitcoin node, there is no service to log into. There's no email address or password to provide the reason it's permissionless and uh, there's no customer service number which can be a little scary for some you know if you buy your bitcoin node from someone else sure but but your bitcoin node is uh, your node you control it and the other thing when it comes to downloading the bitcoin blockchain the initial block download it's not actually the case like there's a button you click like okay please download 500 gigabytes of data no your bitcoin node is connecting to the peer-to-peer -peer network it's requesting to receive one block at a time from each other node and each block your node receives, it's running code against it to verify all of the transactions. So if any of the other Bitcoin peers try to send you um, a Bitcoin block that doesn't make sense, that says an address has more Bitcoin in it that it doesn't has, it will reject that block. So that's part of what makes the initial block download take so long is you're not just downloading 500 gigabytes of blocks from someone else you're going one block at a time verifying every single block along the way so by the time it's finished you know that uh you're uh you didn't trust anybody your copy of the bitcoin blockchain is verified exactly and that kind of answered my last question which was you know the privacy and the kyc aspect but there was something that you did say will that i want people to know about where for example let's say you buy an umbral or you buy like a raspberry pi your own node when you first connect that node and set it up it's going to take some time for that all those blocks to kind of be verified and put in. So sometimes people set up a Bitcoin node and are like, why is this taking so long? This is taking like hours for this to set up and run. It's because what Will said, it's verifying and transacting all those blocks from, I believe, 2009 or 2008 when the first Genesis block came out. And it takes time to just verify and, you know, accumulate all those different blocks so that you can go back whenever you choose 2011, 12, 13, 14 and see whatever uh, transaction was out there. You can go and verify it for yourself and not rely on a third party like a Wells Fargo. Like you can't call Bank of America and say, hey, when did I transfer or deposit some money? seven years ago they look at you like what are you talking about <laughs> but you can do that in the bitcoin protocol so thank you for that breakdown yeah oh my gosh you know my big uh, pet thing is you know with the legacy financial system is you can um go to do a bank transfer you can go to send someone money or they can go to send you money and then you're just stuck wondering you know two business days like so did i really send or did did they start the send to me i have no idea but with the Bitcoin blockchain, no, it's like, I see it right there on my copy of the blockchain. Here's the address. I know whether or not you've sent me my money. Where's my money? Like, <laughs> where's it? There's my address. You said you sent me the Bitcoin. I don't see it. Like, what? what's going on? Where? Where's my money? I mean, it's just this amazing power that someone can't like tell you, oh, it's on its way. You know, I sent it. Should be a couple of business days. Like, no, is it confirmed on the blockchain? 
you haven't sent me anything. I'm I'm still waiting. So that's that's an unbelievable, powerful innovation. Um, I would say uh, for the hardcore Bitcoiners, the reason they run their own Bitcoin node is, as you say, for privacy. But ultimately, for people who aren't necessarily tech savvy, um, I would say the biggest reason for them to run their own node is it will increase your conviction in Bitcoin. You know, bear markets are for builders. Um, as the asset price of Bitcoin goes down, the network only gets stronger. More Bitcoin nodes come online. It gets easier to run your own Bitcoin node. It becomes more peer-to-peer. -peer. You know, this global network, this is the concept. If, if, uh, if the internet went out in America, I know all the Bitcoin nodes in Nigeria would, Nigeria would still be running. If the internet went out in Nigeria, I know all the nodes in America would be running. If the internet went out in both countries, I know Blockstream has already launched satellites into outer space to beam uh, transactions and Bitcoin blocks down. Um, that uh, I think his name's the Sultan or something in Venezuela has a Bitcoin node running to receive Bitcoin blocks, you know, from from Blockstream satellites, you know. And even though he gets the blocks beamed down to him from space, he still doesn't trust them. He still verifies them, makes sure Adam Adam Beck is sending actual valid Bitcoin blocks. So, um, you know, his otherwise his Bitcoin node will reject them. So it's uh, it's truly incredible, and that's that's the biggest reason to think, wow, um, you can do this. And also, when you run your own Bitcoin node, it's always humbling. You think, wow, if I can do this, you know, maybe anyone could do this. So. Some Bitcoiners have become so spoiled where. If you're transacting on the layer one protocol, which is the the base layer, you know, if you have a 10 minute, if a transaction, if I send you some money, it takes 10 minutes. They complain and say that that takes too long. But now you can use the Lightning Network and get it a lot faster. But that kind of comes with time where people complain about that. But you'll wait five to seven business days to get a substantial amount of money from a third party. So when it comes to Bitcoin, you know, you can verify that your money is coming pair to pair. Uh, you know, in a faster process where you're not dealing with all these delays and fees and people kind of like picking apart at your money. If I send you a thousand dollars in Bitcoin, you're getting a thousand dollars, not nine hundred and eighty nine dollars and some change. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, one more thing, uh, the Bitcoin node uh, passes the uh, family member test because it can be as small and as quiet as a Raspberry Pi. Yep. Much unlike a miner, which takes a lot more uh, convincing to run this such a loud and noisy and uh, power consumption thing. So it's a great way to participate in the Bitcoin network, help the Bitcoin network and um, have everyone else in the house uh, still be happy. Exactly. And if you have a router in your house, you might as well have a Bitcoin node as well. You can connect it right to your router yeah. and just place it in the same area. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yep. Well, Will, this, uh, this Bitcoin conversation was great. I learned a lot. I hope a lot of people learned about Bitcoin nodes and why they're important for Bitcoiners and people that want to be sovereign individuals. So could you give people your social media handles and any future endeavors that you might want people to know about? Uh, yeah, my uh, Twitter handle is RealBitcoinDog. And um, if you go to my website, RealBitcoinDog.com, I have an email newsletter you can subscribe to uh, if you're not on Twitter. Um, and of course, uh, Dottie, you mentioned Lightning. Um, other than buying my book on Amazon, The Bitcoin Dog, you can also go to the website, bitcoindogbook.com. It's a way to read my book online and pay, pay as you enjoy to read it uh, chapter by chapter, um, paying with Bitcoin. 
Uh, I just published an article on how that architecture works on uh, Satoshi's journal. And if you, you don't have to own any Bitcoin to get started, you can even uh, buy $15 worth of Bitcoin with a credit card and then start paying with Bitcoin that way. And hey, um, now you own Bitcoin, which as Dadi said, you can then send over the Lightning Network to any Lightning wallet. So it's a great user-friendly way uh, to have fun um, playing with Bitcoin. Most definitely. Well, thank you for this Bitcoin conversation. It's been super insightful and helpful. Have a good one. All right. Thank you, Dadu. <laughs>